actually just today, I just called Tori because for no reason, I was like, I was reading a book, a book by Jay Shetty and it's living like a monk. And he was just saying this stuff like, leave your friends better than you found them. And she just came in my mind like- she What's up Bengal fans, it's your host, Joey Carney. And I wanna thank you for clicking on this video. It was an amazing experience and I can't wait for you to watch the full episode and enjoy it just as much as I did filming it. Now, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe down below to stay up to date with all the angles activity right here on YouTube. Now enjoy the show. Let's go, let's go! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a new episode of The Angle Podcast. Today I'm uh, joined by someone who I've longed to have on this show for quite some time. She's the original GoDaddy girl. She's a model, actress, motivational speaker, mother, and the first Diva Search contestant to become the WWE Women's Champion. Plus, she's a former 24-7 champion. She's really uh, done it all. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Candice Michelle. Yay! Thank you so much to be on the show. Thank you. Thank you. And I kind of like to start off my interviews by asking uh, this question, and I know it's a big topic going on today in the world, COVID. How is your life, or how have you adapted uh, to, I guess, COVID life? Well, it's been a change for everybody, as we know, but I think the key is two things in it. The first thing is find the gifts, because we can focus so much on what it's taken away from us, you know, taking away our connections, our freedoms, um, our jobs in some cases. Yeah. But when you find some gifts, maybe it's more time with your family. Um, I got to experience homeschool. I've actually always wanted to do that, but was scared to. So when everybody had to do it at the same time, it didn't feel like it was so much on my shoulders because we're all doing it. So find the gifts. The second thing, in my opinion, is the creative people will survive the most, right? Um, for instance, just a lot of wrestling appearances that I can't do anymore. I can't go to these conventions, but so many promoters have been so creative and doing them online and Zoom and figuring that process out. So being creative with whatever you did is going to give you longevity in whatever you do do. Of course. And I'm really interested. I know you have already get this question all the time in all of your interviews, but how were you first approached about uh, entering the Diva Search when you first broke out into uh, the WWE? Yeah, my agent, my modeling agent called me and, and he was kind of downplaying the whole thing. He's like, so I got this audition. It's kind of weird. Uh, you know, the WWE? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, they're looking for some, some new girls and they'll have this contest. But he was really excited about the prize money, right? He's my agent. He gets 10%. He's like, the winner's going to win $10,000 in a one-year contract. But in my mind, I'm thinking, heck yeah, I'm interested because I grew up on wrestling. Like he didn't know that part about me, you know, he just knew me from the modeling world. And yeah. it was this weird moment. I've been, been saying this lately, like when your life comes full circle, you know, from being a child, I didn't think that was a possible career. You know, those were superstars and heroes to me. I didn't know you could go to wrestling school and train to be a wrestler. I had no idea. And I had to be, you know, I was think I was like in my early twenties to figure that out. And so to know that that was a possible, a possibility was a really great opportunity for me. And, and during your WWE run, uh, your character, uh, I guess you could say was very close to Vince McMahon at some point. 
Um, that was on screen. How was your relationship behind the scenes backstage? What did you, uh, I guess, learn most from being around Vince McMahon? I think what I learned most is what he tells everybody. I give you a platform and it's up to you what you do with it. You know, and it's true. And I remember being in a room when I just started filled with all the superstars and him giving this speech about this, like, hey guys, step it up, step up your game. And he wasn't talking to me, you know, I was the little candy, eye candy in the back corner. But in my eyes, I was like, got it. I know what I gotta do now. If I wanna be the champ, I gotta start putting in the extra work and training harder. Of course. And from what I've heard before in other interviews that you've had, you actually said that you knew you were going to be the, the women's champion before they knew it. Could you kind of uh, elaborate on that and, and really what was your mindset? Yeah, for me, when I signed on the dotted line on my contract, that was my goal the entire time. Now, that wasn't their goal. You know, their goal is it, what they said to me was we're here to pretty up the business. But when you go in and you fight for it, you start training, you can do what you want to do. And so many of us women kind of followed in that footstep. Of course, and I think the evolution of your character and, and just you in WWE was so meaningful, I guess, to the women's evolution because it went from being, and you were in a big part of this, the pillow fights and the brawn panties matches mm -hmm. to ultimately culminating with a championship reign. Were you a fan of the types of matches that you originally booked in knowing in your mind that you wanted or you were going to be the women's champion? You know, we, there, it's kind of 50-50, right? Like we didn't, that the era of that time was sex sold, right? So we did the lingerie matches, the, the bikini matches, all of those things. But no matter what match we were given, we tried to do as many wrestling moves as we could. And we tried to push away from it. It wasn't that we didn't wanna be pretty and sexy, but it wasn't defining us on who we were. And so as we were able to do that, we would get further and further into getting better matches. I mean. Two of the hardest matches for me was, you know, getting into WrestleMania and having a match is a huge accomplishment and an honor. Yeah. And to have literally two days before they're like, this is going to be a Playboy fight with a bed in the ring, uh, wearing a gown and uh, down to, I think it was down to a bikini, not even lingerie, if I remember correctly. And we're on the road this whole week doing appearances and we're like, where do we find a gown? <laughs> Where do we find yeah. a swimming suit that will go under a gown and not look absolutely terrible? Yeah. And then we get into the ring and there's a bed there. We're like, okay, how do I get your clothes off, but do a <laughs> suplex or, you know, it was like yeah. the challenge was really hard because all we wanted to do was really wrestle. And so we just had to work through it all the time. Wow. And I got to give you props for the patience because you know, a lot of people back then knowing what the women can do in the ring and really uh, wanting to express that, not being able to have the yeah. chance to do that, uh, you know, takes a toll on you, you know, mentally being patient and just waiting for that time to come. So major props there. But your, uh, your career kind of cultivated with becoming the, the WWE Women's Champion, defeating Melina. Mm -hmm. uh, what did it mean to you to become the champion uh, in your career, knowing, you know, way back when that you were going to do that? I mean, incredible moment, right? Uh, people sometimes look at it like, oh, this is just handed to me or handed to other people. But the reality is, is I worked for years to earn that one moment. 
And the training is really what you have to fall in love with. It's like falling in love with the process to get the dream. Because once you get it, it's a moment. And I just remember promising myself before that match to not plan out what I would do afterwards. You know, like don't plan how I'm gonna pose or which turnbuckle I'm gonna go to or, or how do I hold this belt that I've never held before? You know, like what is my special way of holding it and showing it? But instead to really be in the moment and really just feel that hard work of all those years because it lasts for a moment. And that's it really, you know, after that, when you leave the ring, now you gotta work even harder. So having that moment, I remember being on the turnbuckle and my shirt is like ripped off. And I promised if I was gonna do, uh, do that on purpose, I would have wore a pretty lace bra. Like I had on like the black dingy bra with double-sided tape stuck to it. Wow. But I think you can see in that photo, like the, the real emotion of my hard work finally paid off. Of course, and I, I, I play that back, I play back that moment all the time because being a fan of your career, seeing what they had you doing before, and then coming so far, watching your matches progress so well, you know, becoming the, the women's champion was just such like a joy to see. Because at that time, we really didn't have that many, uh, I guess, women superstars coming that far along. It was kind of just, this is what we have. You get the couple yeah. minutes that you have, and you, know, you make the best of it. Um, but I had last year the, the opportunity to uh, interview Melina. And she said that you were, or she named you as one of her favorite opponents that she's ever had. Do you have a favorite opponent um, in your time or during your time in WWE? Well, just to touch on the Melina thing, what I love about our matches, because we, we had very serious heat, like internal and external, uh, <laughs> makes for great matches and it makes it very difficult to put together a match. Right. But at the end of the day, I've given her so much credit because because of that, because she didn't believe in me, because she didn't think I was good enough, it made me fight harder. And as we grew up after wrestling, like I'll never forget the time when I had the opportunity to actually just thank her uh, because it's what started to push me so hard to make it happen. Yeah. But my favorite opponent, without a doubt, is Beth Phoenix. Um, she's that person that works for the match. It's not about getting her fancy moves in or getting, you know, doing whatever she wants. It's all about how do we put together this match so this crowd in this town loves it. And with her, it was the first time where, you know, I didn't know every single move. Like we called it out there. We listened to the crowd. You know, I'd be in the hold and she'd be like, uh-uh, we ain't there yet, you know, and she'd give me a few more. I'd be like, okay, you know. And to have that magic and that dance when you're you're with the crowd, that's really what it's all about. Wow, and that's amazing to just to be able to do that out there in front of a live crowd, kind of you know, uh, just candidly just do it. It's, it's pretty spectacular. Um, yeah. Through an injury, uh, you kind of were forced to retire. If you can elaborate on that injury, what exactly it was, and what went through your mind when it, uh, I guess, first occurred. Well, the first injury was when I was on the top rope in our two out of three falls count match and I was knocked out. So I didn't really remember any of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I do remember being on the stretcher. I, I woke up kind of seeing Stephanie McMahon and she's like, Candace, don't worry, your husband's being flown in. Wow. 
And I kind of thought to myself, well, you don't ever fly a husband. And so now I'm even more worried. I'm in a stretcher and a neck brace and going into an ambulance. Uh, thankfully, it was just my collarbone. It was a concussion. I, I came home, obviously. That's one of like the worst injuries because you can't cast your collarbone. You know, it's like try not to move your arm, which you move your arm for everything. You realize it when it's, you can't move it. Yeah. And of course, when you're like at the top of your game, and that was one of my favorite matches, actually, even though I got knocked out, we did that match overseas and it was just on fire. And we were just like, it was just hitting every element of the philosophy of a wrestling match. But you get the mentality of a wrestler. And so to be put on the sidelines when you work so hard to get to that spot in the company, it's devastating. It's like, in one second, it's all taken away from you. And all you can think about is how do I get back better, faster? How do I defeat nature and make this bone heal faster? Which is like yeah. not possible. And I remember being backstage, uh, we're looking at my x-rays. My husband was there actually, he's a doctor. And the doctor there, my husband, well like, it's still broken. I'm like, no, it's fine. Look at me, I can move my arm. I can wrestle tonight. Wow. And somehow I convinced them I could wrestle that night. Wow. <laughs> I'll never forget on the on the first drop kick I landed and I, I knew it wasn't okay. But I finished the match, but I shattered it that night. And so that now sent me home for six to eight months. Wow. And that was devastating. I remember being so depressed on the couch, like, I mean, what do you do? You know, you can't do anything. And now I'm fully in surgery fully have like, it felt like a body cast because it's like a big pillow coming out, you, can't, you know? Um, and you, but you still have that mentality. And then I tore two ligaments trying to come back too soon. And so the lesson in all of it is, and I, and I tell my friends now that wrestle when they're injured, cause I know what that feels like. And I know they're home thinking, how fast can I get back? And I'm like, just take the break. Like it's a break. Yeah. But if you push through it, then you break the whole thing and you don't go back, you know? Wow. And that's what happened. But, you know, it's one of those things, also finding the gift in that situation. It was devastating at the time, but without that situation, I would have never became a mother of three beautiful girls. And it's the, my favorite title that I hold to this day. So it was devastating, but it was God's timing. And, and if you follow that energy and that path, you know, you just know where you're supposed to go in your life. Wow. And during that, I mean, you, you came back a little too early from the injury, like you said, drafted to SmackDown and then just pretty much released from the company. Did they ever give you like an explanation as to why, like, what was the reasoning? Was it, was it more your decision, their decision? What happened uh, regarding the release? Yeah, I remember I was sitting at uh, the gym. Actually, my gym had like a place you could have lunch and I get the phone call from Johnny Laurinaitis and he's like, hey kid, <laughs> sorry. Um, I just had a good relationship with everybody, right? So I can only imagine how hard that phone call is for him to make, not just for me, but for many people that he's had to make it for. Um, but when you have a good relationship with people in the company, it, it was hard, you know? But I just kind of felt like I knew it was coming. So I, I wasn't devastated from there. Like I was devastated from the injuries. Yeah. I just knew like, okay, what's next? You know, like I didn't know, but I knew it was time to move on. And then I had to figure that out. Of course. And you had so many, I think, 
so many like monumental moments in in your WWE run. Uh, I think one of my favorites was the faction with Tori, uh, with Tori Wilson and Victoria. Um, you know, kind of being like the, like the mean girls of the group and and you know running roughshod on on the division. Do you have a favorite time during your WWE run? Well, I love that time. I mean, to this day, both of those ladies are dear friends of mine. And actually, just today, I just called Tori because for no reason, I was like, I was reading a book, a book by Jay Shetty, and it's Living Like a Monk. And he was just saying the stuff like, leave your friends better than you found them. And she just came in my mind, like, she's just so sweet and such a good heart. And she's done so much work on her journey in life that every time I leave her, I just feel a little bit better, you know? And I called her and I was just like, I'm just calling to tell you this. And then I started crying. I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. Like I'm having a great day. But sometimes people don't call people to just say those little things, you know? And then I talked to Victoria a little bit later today, randomly, I talked to both of them today. And just about some appearances that we have coming up and she just has me laughing like, you know, she just doesn't change. And to have that, you know, like ride or die, like literally, like they're my ride or dies, you know, like we traveled together, we ate together, we slept together, we, we did it all together. And to have them, you know, we're just always here for each other. Of course, it's almost like that sense of like just gratitude, that subconscious, like subconscious gratitude that you have. Yeah. It's pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, and now you probably get this question all the time. Uh, you've been retired for quite some time now, mother of three, doing so many other things out of wrestling. Is there any chance that you would think you would get back in the ring for anything? And if you were to, uh, is there an opponent that you could say, all right, this is, you know, this is worth for me to go back and do this? I mean, we, I would always go back, you know, um, I don't think I could go back full time and I don't think I could hang in the ring with the talent that there is today, you know, especially because I haven't been in the ring, but I, I always talk about Charlotte Flair. I mean, I, I grew up watching her dad. I had the great opportunity of working with her dad and being a dear friend with him. I met her backstage. I remember taking her out to a restaurant one time. But I think she's incredible. And I think she's incredible because she's paving her own way. Like she's talented. She, she's got, you know, her character. Like everything about her is about her. You know, she's got like the pizzazz from her dad, but she's created it all for herself. And I, I love a great heel. And so I think uh, she could really do a good job beating the crap out of me. And I'm really good <laughs> at selling that. So, and then, you know, I know Beth Phoenix is back doing commentary and we never really got to finish that journey. So I, I see her kind of pop in the ring here or there. And you know what? I don't think it would be that bad of an idea to have us two legends coming back and seeing where that goes. Of course. And I guess one of the big, one of the biggest events of the year is the Royal Rumble for WWE. Would you ever see yourself? Um, I mean, obviously, you know, they, they call you for that, but would you see yourself entering the women's Royal Rumble wanting to be a part of that? Of course. I mean, I think anytime, you know, there's the rumble, the revolution, the evolution, I mean, <laughs> all of these wonderful terms they come up with when they bring you back, it's just special. Like, they have a dear part of my heart there. I, I really enjoyed working for that company. It was maybe a really hard time, but one of the most loved times, right? Professional wrestling isn't that easy career. You know, it's not like 
baseball and basketball and football, like private jets and limos from the airport and five-star hotels, you know? It's like we hustle every day, but you've got to just have a love for the hustle. And, and we fall in love with that. And so anytime they bring me back, I, I'm usually pretty game to go. Of course. And I guess one of your latest appearances there was Raw Reunion. You won the 24-7 championship. One of the first uh, women to do that, really. Um, what was your reaction when they when they kind of presented that idea to you that you would you know be winning the 24-7 championship? I mean, I was shocked. But then when it hit me, it made total sense. And what I mean by that is I went there thinking this would be me going there, I'd be with a bunch of other legends doing a pre-tape. I probably wouldn't say much of anything, but I looked at it like the opportunity to see my friends, to see the staff that I used to work with that's still there yeah. and to just really have a good time. And I, I didn't put too much into it on what I needed. Like it wasn't about me, it was about the journey. And so when they told me what was gonna happen, I just thought about it because like none of my fans see the work I'm doing behind the scenes, right? They don't know what I've been doing. And the 24 seven was like, it's just what I preach to everybody. It's like, you got to train every day of your life. It, it doesn't end. Like some people have this fake philosophy, like, oh, if I become a millionaire, I've made it and I get to stop working. Well, no, it, it doesn't work that way. Or like you win the championship, I made it. No, like it gets harder and harder. And life doesn't end and the training never ends until, until you're done here on, on, on the planet, really, you know? And so to get that title, that 24 seven, it's just like, reminds me of what I preach, my rituals, my standards and my values. And every day getting up and practicing them, every day getting up and doing it all over again. It's the, the top would carry water. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's all the mundane things from every day that you do yeah. make the big results right like it's like working out like if I work out one time I'm not gonna have abs but if I work out every single day for an hour every single day pretty soon guess who's gonna show up they're gonna show up you know so just that philosophy really matched that title and so that's why it was so special to me that's probably the best like the best idea of the 24-7 championship I've ever heard because you know, you get everybody that, you know, has their opinions about that title and what you just said kind of just solidified everything that pretty much what it, what it, what it stands for, why it was created and, you know, everything about that title. So that was really, that was really like, ins like inspiring to hear about that title. Thank you. Um, now I, I know a topic that is always brought up now with your name and that's raw legends night from earlier this year, many people such as yourself, Carlito featured on like promos and posters, but weren't actually a part of the show um if you can explain what happened there and like what was because i it was all over so it blew up on social media yeah and it kind of like worked to your benefit carlito's benefit and other stars who weren't on there yeah you know the the truth of it is i didn't make the cut but i always make the headline <laughs> and, and i obviously thought of that after all of this happened but it's it's true like what happens so often with so many people is we all get cut from things in our life, right? For me in the business I chose, maybe a lot more like audition, audition, like it becomes a natural thing that you have to learn how to deal with and not be offended by that. But you can get cut from a job, you can get cut from a relationship, cut from a friendship, it's especially during these times, so many people get cut. But how do you 
managed to go through that. Like I could be home. Don't get me wrong. You feel a little left out, you know, like I want to be there. I want to feel special. I want to feel like I, I was chosen, but I don't allow a company to define who I am. And so for me to have all of that exposure, I was like, I probably got more exposure from social media than I would have got if they took me back to that show. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so once again, find the gifts, right? Find the gifts in those situations that don't always feel so good, right? It's a little blow to the ego, but I get to choose and write my own script. And so that's not the final part for me. Of course, and kind of back backtracking to what you said before that the fans today don't really are not really aware of what you're doing, you know, behind the scenes with scenes with your current work. What was your reaction to seeing the fans response as to, you know, when you weren't on that show? I mean, it was an honor, like to, to think that I, I'm still valued. I mean, I think this every day, honestly, I've been doing, especially with the pandemic, I've been doing a lot of virtual signings. I think I've done more even in-person signings this year. Um, the cameos, like, I think anytime anybody spends $1 of their hard earned money because they appreciate what I've done or they like who I am or they like my new programs, I feel like it's my duty to over deliver. You know, like I always want to give more value to the fan than what they expect from me because you know that saying, it's not what you said or what you did, but how you made the person feel. And that that's kind of stuff lasts a lifetime. Like, wow, she made me feel good, you know, like, and they make me feel good. So it's a win-win. Of course. And to kind of, you know, conclude on, on the wrestling part of things, your whole career in general in, in professional wrestling, obviously, at least to me and a lot of other fans listening, they know the hall of fame or the WWE hall of fame for you is inevitable. Uh, do you have anyone in mind that you would choose to induct you into the hall of fame? Yes, I do. Um, I would pick Hulk Hogan. I think that is where my love of wrestling started. Uh, you know, I grew up watching Monday Night Raw every week and cheering for Hulk Hogan all the time. My mom would be yelling at me and my stepdad in the background. I had a Hulk Hogan doll instead of a Barbie doll. And he, he created that feeling, you know, in a child where like, this was magic, this is special. And then when I had the opportunity to be that character, to be a superstar, I never forgot that. Like when I go out there and I, I'd high five somebody, you know, walking down the aisle way, it's like, it's like you're taking them into that dream, right? Taking them into that fantasy, taking them in to let them know their dreams can come true. And so to have him arguably the best wrestler of all time when his music hits, there's never a time when people don't stand up and get excited and feel that love of this business. And so I would choose him for that. Awesome. That's, that's an awesome pick too. Um, now I kind of want to talk about your Ted talk that you did a few years ago, the authenticity mm -hmm. of fake that to me, I mean, creating a concept out of the injury, you know, out of what you went through, turning a negative into a positive, really, it brought me to tears watching that the first time. And, I still share it to this day to people who like, I, I have to share it. Like, this is just such great motivational content. Can you kind of elaborate on what that was for the, for the fans listening who, who didn't get to watch that TED talk? Yeah. And thank you for watching and, and for that response, because it's one of those things also, like that's a title for me, right? I, I worked for a whole year 
to put one 12 minute talk together, you know, and it, it's that moment. But the part of it is, it's just, what did I learn from wrestling, you know, and, and how am I transitioning into that next journey and how can I help people? So I feel like I've elevated myself, you know, like there, there was a time frame when it was all about me and there's nothing wrong with that for people in that time frame. It's not even always related to your age. You know, it doesn't mean like twenties, it's about you, thirties, it's family, you know, it's, it's yeah. different for everybody. But what I realized is when I win a title, it lasts for a moment. But when I help somebody else win their title, it lasts forever. And it's just about service, right? And how can I be of service to you? How can I help be your tag team partner, make your dream come true? And I'm really freaking good at it. Like I have a gift. I've been kind of this coach my whole life, but I didn't know I was a coach, you know? Like I can see the best in people. It's, it's genuinely a gift. I'm a protagonist at heart. And sometimes that's hard, right? Because sometimes I can see the gift, say if it's you, if I can see like, a gift where I could just help launch you and where you want your dreams to go, but you're not ready for it. Some people are really intimidated by it. And I don't always know how to hold back when I know like something great can happen for you, you know? Um, and so to, to, it is, it is a passion. So to be able to share that, that was my very first time uh, of training. I probably trained for about three years before that in motivational speaking and storytelling and so to write that script and put that together was really a great opportunity to show people of where my career is now. Awesome. And, and fast forward to 2021 today, you're the champ. You are doing so many inspiring things. What does it mean uh, to be the champ or I guess like to find your champ? Yeah. So I believe that we all are a champ, like literally. But everybody's different, right? So like, I, I'm a wrestling champ. I'm a champ mother. I'm a champ wife. Uh, and I'm a champ coach. But maybe you're a champ podcaster. Maybe you want to be a champ son. Maybe you want to be a champ friend. It's basically finding that passion and energy. But I think passion gets so overused that people don't know how to find their dreams. So I break it down really simple. Like, I've created these programs. I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. And now my favorite thing that we're doing is the good chance is the show that's live on, on YouTube and it's free. So people can really kind of dive into what I'm doing and see, see what these opportunities are and put yourself in those shoes and be like, wow, I think I can do this. You know, when we're young, like when we're under 10, we all dream of something like, I'm going to be an astronaut when I get older, or I'm going to be a doctor or a lawyer or a basketball player, you know, and life happens. And all of a sudden we lose that dream and we think it's not even possible. This seems so big. And now we don't have as many years left in life, but it is possible. And I just kind of take people on the journey so that they can realize that. And it's such a, like, I watch some of the videos and stuff that you have on the website, such inspiring content. Like it's, it's not every day where you see a superstar such as yourself, you know, with such a great history of, of you know, sir, you know, with service to people, professional wrestling now coming back to like pay it forward in such a like one-on-one -on -one personal way. It is really cool to see. Um, and I saw in there, you have the 21 day champ challenge. If you can kind of explain 
to the fans wa- uh, watching, how could they get involved in this? What can they do uh, you know, to become- Yeah, so this is a, a program that I created. It's 21 days. You get 21 challenges, 21 tools, 21 of my personal stories throughout my life and how I've learned how to navigate life and 21 Candacisms, I call it, it's quotes that I made up. I love, I'm a quote kind of gal. I like to work <laughs> off of quotes. It just kind of gets the point across. And so I created my own, but it's a journey, put it this way. Let's say you want to get in great shape. Well, let's say you're hundred pounds overweight. That's a big journey, right? Like that's a huge goal. But if I said to you, how about you just drink half your body weight in ounces of water every day for 21 days and create a new habit, are we making progress towards that goal? Yes. And what happens is the compound effect. When you drink more water, you eat less. Also, you want to eat better. Also, you start flushing your digestive system out. All of a sudden, you have more energy. All of a sudden, you're happier. So now by doing one little thing, these six things popped up in 21 days. And now what happens, you start feeling good about yourself. So I give the people this program is $21, but you have it for a whole year. So you can do it in January. And then February, you can pick another small habit. Maybe it's, I'm going to walk a mile a day. Maybe it's, uh, I, one of them that I did was I'm going to do my hair and makeup every day. As a stay-at-home mom, I didn't do my hair and makeup. I started to feel not so fun about myself. Yeah. But that compound effect happened. I felt more energy. I felt like I was a better mom. I was a better wife. I wanted to work out more. I wanted to buy some new clothes to just feel happy about myself. I didn't mind doing podcast interviews. By the way, I did my hair and makeup for you today. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, you know, but the, the compound effect happens. And if you do that for 12 months, can you just imagine how your life changes in one year? Yeah. One year. Like if your friend didn't see you and one year you gained 12 new habits. Wow, brother. <laughs> Things are going up, you know, yeah. in every area of your life. And even the areas you didn't think it would happen. Of course. I think the biggest issue that people have, you know, in that area is they set these large goals, these huge goals, and they get discouraged when they don't happen, but they kind of, for, they don't really think about the progress goals, you know, like you have to get to five before you can get to 10. So mm-hmm. setting, you know, smaller progress goals, you know, 21 days, you know, to end up doing a whole year, uh, you know, yeah. to ultimately change your habits, change your life. I think that that needs to be like elaborated more in our society where, you know, it's like I said, these bigger goals are discouraging people opposed to the progress goals, the day-to-day, exactly what you're talking about. Totally. And I think it's a lot to do with social media. You know, you see these say YouTubers, you know, who have millions of fans and making millions of dollars. And this generation that's growing up thinks, Oh, I'll just start a show and I'm a millionaire. (laughs) But in reality, like I just met these uh, YouTubers in our chiropractic office, um, great kids. I was actually so, so impressed with them, but they work every single day. I mean, it's fun for them. Don't get me wrong, but they're working every single day at this. You know, it's not like they just show up and voila. It's like, they're creative. They're building things. They're talking about it. They're doing challenges. And it's like, it's, it's an everyday job for them. And I'm happy that they can do what they love, but the reality of it is people think it's just so easy and 
Yeah. Nothing in life is easy. It's like saying this shirt is free, right? Nothing's <laughs> free. Like when people are like, that's free. I'm like, I want it. I don't want it. Actually, I just did this. I was at Sprint like, like five years ago. I was getting a new phone. You know, you upgrade your phone. You know, you get all the bells and whistles when you upgrade. And they're like, oh, for every phone you're upgrading, it was four of them at the time uh, for my family members. They're like, you will get four free tablets. I was like, whoa, I get four free tablets? Yeah. What's the catch? And the guy's like, no catch, no catch, four free tablets. Well, of course there was a catch and I got suckered into it. It was like the first three months, no charge. And then it's like activation fee, $14.99 for the next four years. I literally just got it off my bill last week. And I was <laughs> like, ah. Oh, Lesson learned, I had to pay for four tablets at $15 each that, by the way, they were in the trash. They were useless. They did nothing. They're not like Apple, you know, iPads and stuff, you know, like I couldn't even get a game on there for my children, uh, but nothing's free, right? We got to work for it. Yeah. And to kind of, uh, you know, as we come down to the conclusion of our, our interview, what what's next for Candace Michelle? What What is next in line uh for the fan, your fans to see from you. Really working on this, the good champ show, because I think, you know, I have this wonderful fan base, but because so much of my work for this last decade has been done behind the scenes, you've seen bits and pieces like the Ted talk and all that fun stuff, yeah. but they don't really know what I do. And so I sat down with my husband and I was like, they don't know what I do. They don't know how I'm capable of really helping and serving them and helping them find what they love. Yeah. And so this show came about and, and because it's free, you just get to see that. And it's the beginning stages too, which is, was really hard for me. You know, when you come from such a glamorous stage, you know, where people use the best cameras and the best lights and the best audio. And, and I'm sure you know this with your podcast. Yeah. It's like, it's hard to start somewhere because you think it has to be the best. Like I want the fancy bumper and I want the fancy <laughs> editing and I want it to look like a Paramount Pictures movie. Yeah. But the reality is people love to follow the journey. And you got to start somewhere. And I have to start all over, you know, like this is me starting from scratch. I've done the training. I've done the research. I know what I'm capable of, yeah. but nobody out there knows about it. And I can't help people. And I, and, and it really hit me actually when Ashley Macero passed away, I thought to myself, what if I was doing what I'm supposed to be doing and it helped her and that didn't happen. And then I thought, how many people out there in the world need to hear what I have to say? And that won't happen because suicide rates right now are at all time high, especially yeah. in children. And it's the saddest thing to lose a life just because you feel like you're not good enough or you can't be in school now, or it's hard to, it's hard to be a parent at home with your kids and working. It's hard for everybody. But if one of my messages just hits them or one podcast, they, they tune in and they're like, I got it. I'm okay. I can do this. You know, and that it's just worth it. Of course. And everything you just said, I mean, it's, it's, I said before at the beginning of the show, how I, I wanted to have you on the show for some quite some time. And just to hear everything you're talking about, it makes so much sense. And I think your message needs to be spread all over the world because that's what we need today, especially you know, what everybody's dealing with with COVID 
being you know in lockdown, not being able to leave, not be around people. This is the best content that you can have like in a time like this. Yeah, I totally agree. And and to be honest with you, it's the best for me too, because I was going through a phase of also feeling like a caged animal, um, not just in my house, but also in my mind. It's like, I have so much to give. I have so much knowledge and so much creation. And when you're scared to let the world see it, it eats you up inside. And so on our show, I think we might have like 70 subscribers, which is incredible. But when you look at my social media platforms, you think, oh, is that all? But you know what? It's not even about my gift of serving them. It's I fill my own cup. It makes me so happy. Every week, I feel so good about who I am and what I'm doing and putting that together. I'm a better mom. I'm a better wife. I'm just a better human to the people around me because I'm happy. Before that, my husband would come home like, okay, fill up my cup. And he's like, oh shit, how do I do that? You know, and he just worked all day, you know, Um, because you can't rely on other people to do it. We got to find out what we love so deeply and do it ourselves. And that's not easy, but it is possible. And it's why I do the show. Of course. And I'm excited to check out the show. Um, for, for fans who want to watch that show, where could they go on YouTube to find that? Uh, just go to YouTube. It's called The Good Champs. You can also go to CandiceMichelle.com and there's a link there. So we make it pretty easy on my social medias. It's easy to find the link in my bio too. Um, and so I hope you guys check it out and, and check it out. And if you like it, subscribe. If you don't, cool. Like, don't just go subscribe because, you know, you're listening to me. But, because <laughs> you know why? Like, I like a tribe. And, you know, we start off, we start off the show, we're building a federation of like-minded people. Like, if you're not in it to do the work, we, we're just not going to get along very good. <laughs> you know, like, we can be fans and friends on social media, but this is like really people who are like, yeah, how do I make this stuff happen? You know, how do I really get to where I'm going? And it takes a, a special person to like that. And so if you like what you see, please subscribe because that's the best compliment that you can give to me. Awesome, awesome. And the last question I wanna ask, I, I always say last question, it's not, it's not the last question, <laughs> but one of the last questions. Um, and I'm sure it's something you get all the time. The backstory to the want. I know that was a big part, ah. a big gimmick in, in your career. Um, and I remember when I was younger, my sister would watch wrestling with me and she wasn't a fan like I was, but she would watch and she was always interested in the women wrestling. And she always made reference to the wand. Like she, I think she had one for Halloween once. Um, and she got that from watching you. So uh, uh, what is the backstory to, from the wand? Oh, this is such a good story. This is a good way to end it. Um, so it started off, when we would travel on the road, I was with uh, Lisa, Victoria, and, to- and Tori. And we would buy a lot of our outfits on the road because we didn't have time when we were at home. And just back in those days, some of the best places to get outfits were the stripper stores because they had bikinis, they had just sexy outfits or lingerie. You know, we were doing a lot of those matches. And it was Halloween time, so we go into the store and there's this costume that has this wand. And, and I, I don't know why, I was just drawn to this wand. And I was like, I'm going to use the star wand. And I'm going to use it tonight. And they're like laughing at me, right? Well, I buy the wand. And I go, we go to the show, we're at Raw, and we're going over a match. 
and Fit Finley is, is like the um, agent for the match, right? And so I pull up from behind me, I pull up this wand and I was like, so fit, you know, um, like how Triple H has a sledgehammer that he pulls out from under the ring and then he wins. I want to do that with my wand, wow. which by the way is like this flimsy stripper wand. And <laughs> I can just see in his eyes, like, what the heck am I dealing with? And how did I get this job that I have to work with this lady, you know? <laughs> But I was so serious about my wand. So I start carrying my wand out and slowly my wand gets over. The wand um, backstage actually got made into a steel wand and it lit up on the end. So it became like this really like, for real, like weapon wand. And the best part was a few years later, I was backstage and Fit comes up to me. I think it was a hall of fame. And he's like, so, do you have any more of those wands? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, ever since you had the wand, my daughter has asked me every single day to bring her home one of these wands. And I was like, ha ha! <laughs> um, but it, it's one of those things where if you believe in it, you can achieve it, right? Like, I don't know why I believed in that wand. I don't know what attracted me to this wand out of all the things in this store, but there was just some magic in it. And, and so that's, you know, just believing in yourself if you want to do it. Of course. And it just, it just proves the point that you have to try it and, you know, it might get over, it might work and yeah. you know it, it did for you. So that, that's, that's actually a really great story. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want to thank you for taking the time to, to come on here and talk and talk about everything, being an open book. For the fans watching right now, where can they find you across social media and, and follow you and, uh, you know, keep tabs? Yeah, awesome. Uh, CandiceMichelle.com, uh, Mrs. Candice Michelle on Instagram, at DivaCandiceM on Twitter, if you're still there, Candice Michelle on Facebook, and on YouTube, we're the good champs. So I hope you guys tune in. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate, you know, your time and just talking about everything we got to talk about. Awesome. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Let's go. Let's go.